Uh, all right, hey everybody, this is uh, Scooter, and welcome to. Uh, I guess like I'm always like I get I, I get these ideas, and one of the great things about the podcast is I get to test out random ideas. And this might be a little dated when it gets released, but uh, like uh, it will one this won't be dated. Like I don't know how many of you listen to the podcast, my brother, my brother, and me with the McElroys. Uh, but you should check it out. And uh, but but uh, if you don't, and you say, well, who, uh, let me tell you who listen. Lynn Manuel Miranda listens to my brother, my brother, and me. So there you go. Also, I like to listen to it. And in a recent episode, well, the last episodes that I heard that came out, uh, they were talking about like the, the changing of the year in January and. and uh, what are we going to call this new year? And one of the pitches was uh, 20 Riven Teen. Uh, and, okay, they heard the crickets. They say, what did you, what did you say, Scoots? They said, yeah, 20 Riven Teen. And named after 20 years, I think, no, maybe not. Is it 20 Riven? Is it Riven 20 years old or 10 years old? I don't know. Oh, wow, it is 20 years old. So... Right, twenty ninety seven. So, hmm. Uh, it, 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 like I remember, I kind of remember the game Riven. And then on this particular episode, which uh, hopefully I'll link to, they also had this other thing they talked about, which uh, kind of drew me in for maybe the second half of this episode. Uh, but I was thinking about this game, Riven. So Riven was a PC game. Now, I'm not going to tell it like uh, I won't tell you any facts uh, uh, because uh, like, yeah, but I guess this would be like, so this is a Tuesday. So maybe it'll be trending, rending Riventine. I guess that's what it'd be, rending Riventine, uh, an episode in honor of Riventine. And hopefully we can make this into a two-part of it, like a two, like a, like where the story will carry into the next thing. Uh, but so Riven was a video, a PC Mac game. Uh, I think pre 1997 it came out. So pre console. And it was a sequel to the game Mist. And, uh, here's what I remember about it personally. Cause in the night, like, so this would have been the late nineties. Uh, like, and I guess the game was re-released. I, I don't, I don't know the date. Uh, uh, but like, uh, this was the time I was in a relationship. I was living like, like a late nine, the end of the nineties. So I guess not that long. I don't think I played the Riven in 97, but maybe at the end of the nineties, I played it. Maybe the early aughts. Uh, I'm not sure I played Mist, and maybe like, so if you're a huge Riven or Mist fan, uh, you know, maybe, maybe take like, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Cause I probably will like, also, if you've listened to this podcast, my memory just uh, doesn't really it, like re- record stuff when it feels like it. And then she says, well, let me show you this picture. I'm not, you make sense of it. And that's what it was like when I took a test too, it would say, well, I'll show you these numbers. Go ahead and figure it out. And I say, no, 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 you're my brain. You're supposed to help me here. Well, yeah, here's a couple pictures of stuff. That's what's in my head right now. Here's a couple pictures of stuff. Uh, but let me tell you the most prominent pictures right now was uh, so, uh, like, I, I, I was living with my girlfriend at the time, and uh, she was not a gamer. And I think, like, uh, this, like we talked about video games not that long ago. 
And I think this was at one point, actually, I think, okay, I'm pretty sure this was the end of the 90s because I'm pretty sure I know what my job was, uh, was when I was installing ergonomic, like, keyboard trays and stuff like that. Um, almost positive. That's making more and more sense, maybe. And uh, let's see. So I remember, so she was not a video game player at, like, uh, like not at all. Like, and I hadn't been, and I think, uh, so we must've had a computer. So maybe I'm getting my, like, I may be getting some of my dates mixed up here, but, uh, so somewhere between 1997 and 2000, this could be anywhere in those four or five years. Uh, we were like in, I, I know exactly where we were. We were in Pleasanton. And so this was still when you would buy, like we were driving there for, we were out there for some reason. And this was like, uh, and if you listen to that video game episode, what are the two things I used to love doing, uh, drinking and playing video games and it, Mist and Riven are different, which we'll get to. Uh, but so, um, I didn't think this would be video game heavy, but I guess like trying to explain Riven I really want my brain to work with me here because it's a rich environment. So let's see. So what happened was uh, there used to be those computer, like there was stores where you would buy computer, like kind of like Best Buy. I don't know what they were called. Comp USA maybe, uh, where you could buy video games. Uh, I have a couple other memories about the, the stores like that, but so. And also there was a BevMo. So at some point we're out there and I said, Jesus, let me, let's just go into this comp USA. Maybe we needed something other else too. But I think I pitched her on this Riven. I said, like, maybe I'd read about it or heard about it. And I'm pretty sure it's Riven and not missed, but it could be wrong. It could be missed, but I'm pretty sure it's Riven. Uh, so we must have had a decent computer so that that would make it more in the later 90s. Um, like that must've been what happened is I remember I got a decent computer at some point and then I said, well, if I have a computer, I might as well start playing games again. And yeah, that makes sense. Cause I probably got it with like a decent card and a decent sound card. Yeah. This is all starting to make sense. I still have, you want to talk about when you buy, you want to talk about going off subject, but, uh, uh, so this is 20 years ago ish, uh, like, or 18, I mean, maybe 18 or 17 years ago. So it, when I bought that computer, this computer that we're talking about that I would play Riven on, it came with computer speakers. I still have those computer speakers. And I don't know if it was some sort of an anomaly or because the speakers, they came with computer but it was like a little bit better. Like I bought it from an independent computer store that sold PCs, PC cologne type computers. And I think they had like, like different levels. Like you could customize, but it was basically like a super cheap one, the middle one. And, and this was when computers were still like kind of expensive, like not do like, uh, but so I got to like the middle model, which came with these speakers, which were like, it's just two speakers and a subwoofer woofer. But the sound that comes out of these computer speakers, not only is it good, I mean, I'm not an audiophile, but like most computer speakers have weak sound. Like uh, this one, like it, I can't even put it at full volume, like uh, like still, it would, bl- it would blow the windows out. 
and which is just strange. I think that I don't even know what brand they are. I think the company, I think maybe, I don't know. Um, but yeah, like talk about getting your money's worth. There's still, I keep in my kitchen attached to the, uh, echo dot and, uh, you, you like use those speakers every single day. And now still 20 years later, and these are like little square computer speakers. 20 Riventeen, the year I talk about computer speakers. But so, uh, so we went to, so at some point we were out in Pleasanton, California, which is like a suburb of the Bay Area, not too far out there. And I think at the time it was the only place there was an in and out burger. Uh, like there wasn't any in uh, the Bay Area, like, the, like in Oakland or uh, San Francisco. And so we were, I'm sure we ate at In-N-Out Burger, and then we probably went to BevMo and got some wine and beer. And then at some point we went to this video game store, and then I said, like, we got to check this game Riven out. And because it's like, uh, there's games like this now on the iPad, like a point-and-click adventure where they're kind of, um, you're meant to discover the story. It's... Uh, it, it, it's it's not it's more of like a, a think piece I guess I don't know that might be the wrong use of that word but like nothing's handed to you on a silver platter even the controls or anything like my memory of ribbon is like the I'm not sure if it came how much literature it came with but that you start the game and you don't even know what your goal is or like other like anything like you just start the game you're you're on these islands. And my my girlfriend Natalie, she she like was like uh, she was into it because uh, it was a very it's a very puzzle based game. And I don't know if we completed it, but I remember we spent some good time like uh, in like taking like working together and taking notes, a lot of note taking. Some of these puzzles were tough, and it's weird that I just made fun of my memory, but I can see all her notes because she she had good handwriting, so her notes would be readable, and she was also good at analytical and like math stuff. Uh, so we would play, we played this game. I mean, we, like, I don't know how consistently we played it. Uh, and we, I know we never finished it cause it, but because there was a couple puzzles, uh, uh, that we just never get like, I don't know where we got hung up on or maybe just got burned out. But like my memory of the game is it's very atmospheric. It has very atmospheric music you're on these islands and there's like, uh, like, uh, architecture. I'm pretty sure there's like these, uh, like monorail type things that connect the islands and you're trying to get access. I remember like underwater viewing. I think at some point you communicate with a whale or something and that's one of the puzzles. And I think a puzzle is like monitoring, remotely monitoring lights and like a jung, I guess maybe this won't take long. Like and then like like it was like very like very uh, tropical, like these jungles and uh, you know everything slowly rusting. Beautiful, beautiful, beautifully done game. And I actually found like a bunch of w- wires from 1987, 97. And I have one on the making of the game that I'm going to send. I think I'm going to send it to Justin the, on uh, the Mac, my brother, my brother and me, just because he's so nice. But I it was like, I'm going to try to read the article first. Um, but so I guess that's what I remember about Riven. 
trying to think anything more that comes up. I think because I, I didn't know. So I was thinking about Riven, and then I was thinking about uh, uh, like uh, like like I, I was like like I was like, huh? Could it could that guide us through an episode? Okay, so I was thinking, like, uh, how would we do this as a rending? Like, how can we, like, really bring in Riventine with a, you know, like, the way it deserves it? Uh, so I, I think I thought of an idea to use Riven uh, rends in a way uh, that'll work in, in a story. Uh, and I guess this is, like, a little bit of a gift to McElroy's because, like, there's such a really great people and really great uh, influence on podcasting. Uh, so settle back for the first story of uh, 20 Riventine. And you might say, you know, geez, what is there going to be the link between Riven and this story? And I'd say very little, uh, like maybe the link would be in the circus-like nature of my thoughts, uh, in the thoughts of the news and, uh, you know, the, the waning fortunes of, uh, cir- circuses in, in this day and age and the need to have your circus be cutting edge is, is a, like, uh, as you know, I'm a, like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a person that thinks about going to cir- like circuses a lot, and not necessarily that it, who does, but says, "Man, uh, I'd like to be a person that goes to like more underground circuses or circi or cirque." Uh, uh, but maybe I'm not always that person, and uh, but I was like, as you know, I, I'm familiar with the story of the Purple People Circus, uh, the founding. Like, I actually I don't know anything about the founding, but when the founders met, uh, you might recall the episode. I don't know the episode number, uh, but it was uh, the title was something about a ventriloquist dummy, and that was about the found like when the founders of the well the creator. And his part, his future partner, uh, for the Triple P Circus, the Purple's People's Circus. I don't know why it's called. The, I, I think I was the one that they, they gave them the title, the Triple P Circus. I'm just realizing uh, that there's only two P's. There might be another one. Uh, but Barry, Mister England, he was in London searching for the next big busker, and that's where he met uh, Martha, Martha Mark. And, you know, they kind of, like, she she was a, she had this new ventriloquist act, uh, you know, a little bit more, uh, but a little bit more, her, hers was just a little bit more fun. Like, it was more busker-based, uh, like, like, like a more modern ventriloquist dummy show where, you're not sure if, it, you, you know, she's just, but anyway, like they admit they like, uh, and I guess that's all we knew was they met on the streets of London where she was busking with her dummy, whose name hopefully I have somewhere. Uh, but I, I guess I don't I actually have notes. Uh, what does this say? Money is movie. I don't know, but her dummy was like, uh, <laughs> who's the dummy now? Uh, her, her dummy was kind of over sass and snark. So, so, but whatever they, they ended up forming, uh, the, like the purple people's circus. 
And if you want the details on your we- their wedding, I'm sure it's at like, you know, circuscelebs.com or something. But I know they used Archer's theme. And they, they always say, I say, Atras, Atras's theme. And I'm not familiar with that song, but I think for. And they were married before, the per- like when the Purple People Circus it consisted of uh, three people, if you count the dummy. And, you know, after they were married, they, they had this dream of building this new circus, a social circus, subtext- subtextual social circus. Uh, maybe I'm projecting some meaning onto it, but, uh, you know, there was a, just a circus for the, the, for, for the day. And uh, I guess maybe that's what we're seeing now. Is, and, and I think I talked about it in that episode. And maybe this is where Cirque du Soleil... Tries to be, I don't know. I don't, I guess I don't want to weigh in on the circus industry. Uh, but, uh, so they started searching the world, uh, for performers and just traveling and busking when they could to, to pay their bills. I guess it was their, maybe you could say it was their honeymoon. And I think they, I want to say they were in Prague because I like, I love, like, I have visited Prague once and I loved it there. And I love the people there and the architecture. And they, they were going through, like, a, what's it called? I don't know the name of anything anymore. But I tell you, there's this one plaza, and there's this old church. It's just very mysterious. And then there's a bell tower that I went up, or I guess some sort of tower that I was able to go up. And I kept looking at this church, and I said, "This is a, this is something that's been or a cathedral, maybe." And you see, you've seen it. It's, it's it's on the other side of the river from Prosky Hart. That's what Prosky Rod or whatever you call it, Prague Castle. I call it Prosky Hard, and uh, what is it like a Starry Maestro, Old Town? Uh, but, but you like, uh, in near the, near the old town and on your way to the Charles bridge, I think on like the parade grounds or like, uh, whatever the like road is called, I guess I won't be invited to Prague, but a, uh, so I love, but I love it. That's fine. That, that'll make it hurt if you don't invite, you know, but you like a, uh, you're right. I should get my facts straight. So what was my point? So there's this gatehouse that you go through, I think a gate room, they call it, uh, and the way there. And they heard the cheers, uh, the cheers of a, like, a, a happy crowd being, you know, busk of buskies. And it was just breaking up and, and they saw this gentleman there. And he was dressed in like a, like a strange, strange outfit, like striped pants clashing with a checkered shirt, but he wasn't a clown. And the crowd was still like, they were going up to him and giving him second tips and clapping and just like disbelief, disbelief. And then they, they looked at each other and they went right up to him. And he was packing up because it was late afternoon. This was the fall, and there was a chill in the air. And they 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 played dumb, you know. They they Mr. England said, uh, and Mr. England Barry. He I think sometimes he uses an English accent, but I'm pretty sure we found out he's from Minnesota. 
unless Martha, but, but anyway, it doesn't matter. He said, hey, uh, I'll just use, you know, this is a recreation. Uh, he said, it's like, hey, wow, uh, did we miss the show? And the performer said, uh, you, you did, I'm just packing up for the night. And he said, oh, it's a shame, dear. I'm sorry that it, you, you won't see. The, 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 she go, he goes, I've been hearing about your performances, like, all over the, the city. People said, you got to get down there. My wife, she she loves, uh, she loves, and he kept pausing. And this guy was kind of, the performer was kind of like, hmm. And uh, he goes, she really, she really did not want to miss a, a uh, and he said, Fushigi art. And he, he said, well, I gave, yeah, you, what? Yeah, she couldn't, she, no, no, no. He goes, I thought this was the jungle totem. And he said, jungle totem. And he said, well, that's what we heard. It was, uh, it was like, uh, like a, a guy that could do these, like he could make a little illusion of trees and uh, then he would climb a pole, and he would stand at the top of the pole and pretend he was a tree. That's not you? And he said, do you see any poles around here? And Mr. England said, well, as a matter of, like, uh, like, uh, like wooden poles? No, I don't see any wooden poles. And, they, they, like, the guy was not, he goes, well, honey, I guess it doesn't matter. We don't need to see this show. And she goes, That's a shame. Uh like, and then she goes, dear, this is Martha speaking. She goes, dear, what time does this train leave? And Mr. England said, well, I'm pretty sure we're, we're going to be close to missing it, but the rest of the performers are on their way, on their way to Bucharest. And and the guy said, the rest of the performers? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah. He goes, we're, we're working on a, a, a new circus uh and we really wanted the the, the, the totem tree guy uh, for the circus, but yeah, that's fine. We, we, we anyway. What did you say? What kind of? You said you you're some kind of artist. We thought you were a performer. And the guy goes, "I am a performer, the greatest performer." He he goes, "You should." He goes, "I never even." He goes, "I've been per- performing in Prague, you know, for months and." Uh, Never heard of this uh, to, to, like tree totem or whatever. And uh, Mr. England said, well, I don't know. Like, like every survey, you know, these theme, like these, these like busker surveys, uh, because you don't go to busker survey, uh, islandtheme.com. And the guy, because this was the old days when, like, I think that was the thing. I don't know what year this was, but you know how you have to go to GeoCities. I think it was like a GeoCities website, but islandtheme.com or something. And he said, no, 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 no. And anyway, that was, like, too boring for the podcast. They just were, like, because it was confusing. And they said, well, anyway, sorry to waste your time. We got to get going. We got to catch a train with all the other performers. We're headed to Bucharest. And then the guy kind of, he said, well, it's fine. He goes, like, uh, he goes, he goes, well, maybe I'll just do one more show. Go ahead, though. And then he started his, like, warm-up where he said, like, he started looking around for kids. And then he started, like, pretending, like, you know, this is the kind of good, this is when you get into these good performance. Like, he's, like, started looking frantic, like he's looking for something. 
And he starts digging through his box and throwing things. And, you know, then the kids that are nearby, he's throwing a rubber chicken and a boot. And then a can comes out of the boots. And it's all this little suitcase. This guy was not a clown, but but it, like he did have clown influences, as a lot of buskers do. And then he's like, you know, then a, like a roller skate. And then he's trying to pick stuff up. Then he slips. You know, the, he was like had a comedic, well, uh, very loud. You know, tin cans like to just get a lot of attention, a lot of noise that we don't need right now, but fun noise. And the funnest noise of all, like kids laughing at people, like banana peel, like all, every, every bit, uh, even like, uh, he accidentally stands on the rubber, like he thinks he's like, he pretends he can't see the rubber chicken. Then he stands on it and then it's like, like it makes a noise and then he like looks around and then the kids are like, like that brings the kids over because then they say, what? And he says, they say under your feet. And then he pretends that the chicken, he says, oh, oh, Bernice, oh, Bernice, you know, and then the kids are cracking up and then the adults have to come over. And then he, like, uh, then he asks the kids to help, just put the stuff away. And then they say, like, uh, the kids say, well, what would you do? And he said, well, I was going to, like, I'm just got to get going. I'm headed to Bucharest with these two. Uh, and he said, like, unless you, like, does anybody want a show? Like, like, and then he goes, oh, no, I can't do my show because I can't find my, 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 uh, my, my Miss Marmalade. And then they see, like, he says, like, uh, you know, she's, I got to go to the church. I got to go to the temple. And I, I, I forgot, I can't find my Miss Marmalade. I need, I got I need some help from beyond. And then he like uh, like like then he pretends to, to to weep and the kids like then there's even more kids and more parents and the parents it's a little bit over the top so the parents even the kids can pick up on the fact that he's kind of kidding. Then he whispers uh, to Martha to play you like to get over to his boombox to play Village Entrance theme number one. And they, they say she says okay okay and then. Uh, he, then he goes, like, he, like, I can't remember this bit. He has something that's really good that, of course, I missed or I forgot. But, like, something to connect, uh, like, like his, like, sadness to hope uh, where he, uh, whatever, he does that. And he says, well, then now I have a great idea. That gives me a great idea. Maybe a kid, I think what happens is he waits for somebody to sneeze or whisper. I think it must be that, like, situational. Maybe someone sneezed. That was it. And then he pulled out tissues, clown style, thousands of tissues. And and that's when he gets the idea. I don't know if he does it if no one sneezes. Because uh, then he does, like, a bit, like a, what do you call that, a mime bit where he's trying to pull back the tissues and it's too hard. And then he says, oh. And he says, do you think you could all help me? And then if anyone isn't there, he called. He says, ladies, come over here. Come over here. Who believes in the power of magic? And he goes, I've, like, uh, misplaced Miss Marmalade. Or I can't I don't remember again. Uh, and everyone goes, who, like, who, who's Miss Marmalade? Uh, and he says, well, not my cat. He goes, it's a, he goes, it's a magical ball, my crystal ball. 
Miss Marmalade. And uh, he says, I can't. And he, he says, I looked everywhere. And he says, sometimes she gets the idea of like uh, going off on her own. So I have to like, uh, I have to bring her back. Uh, and he says, do you want, do you think you want to help? Do you think you want to help? And they say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, this usually works. He goes, the first time I met her, I was off on an adventure. And then he like still has the, the, uh, and this is very cool stuff. And believe me, Mar at this point, Marta and Mr. England are like, uh, a jackpot too bad we lied about the circus in Bucharest, but we'll figure that out because uh, he has all these tricks like he so he has the like a string of handkerchiefs but then he starts swinging it like a rope and telling this elaborate tale of climbing the alps or like obviously the local mountain range or wherever uh i don't know like all the mountain ranges of the world because but it, like let's just say the alps and somehow he like throws it up in the air and it like sticks and then he pretends he's climbing. He doesn't actually climb, but I don't like, I don't know how he made it like just handkerchiefs into a rope that like, and then maybe into a stick. I don't know the illusion, but he talks about how he's going into moity caves and uh, like he was adventuring there looking for this rare ice they had, like that he, his mother liked to drink. So then he gets silly again and like does an imitation of his mother. Like, and he, like, he's like, asks the kids if they have to do chores because he said, This was my chore to climb the Alps and bring this ice back to me, mother. And he's like, uh, he even then he tells, Play the moity theme or whatever to Marta. And then he says, he, Like, he's, he was in the cave and, uh, like he was looking at the ice and he saw this ice glowing further on and then he slipped and he fell in this uh, giant ice, you know, like a kind of polar bear would ride. And he said it was like a boat ride. It was in this river in the cave. And he said he's traveling through the river and he goes into the lake, uh, like this giant glowing room. And he said, there's a wizard in there. And the wizard says, oh, finally you're here. And he goes, oh no, he goes, I'm just need to, I'm just here for ice for my mother. And then he does, he, he said, have you ever met a wizard to the kids? And the kids say, uh, you know, depending on the air, I think at this air, they said, no, no, no. And they said, well, there's some unpleasant wizards and this was one of them. And then he said, I was telling about my mother and then he was like wanting me to, you know, be quiet. And he's like, I'm just here for ice for my mother's drinks. Uh, like, I got to get back to the village. I can't uh, stay for much longer. And he goes, oh, the, the wizard says, well, well you're going to be staying for a long time. He goes, because uh, look around. We're not just in a cave. And that's when he realizes, like, they're in, like, a like a, an ice bubble. It looked like, like a giant globe. And this, this, uh, the, the, the busker says, I, well, like, I don't understand. Uh, like, uh, and he goes, well, this is, he goes, uh, like, this is, uh, he goes, I don't know how you got in here, but he goes, I, he goes, I think, uh, I'm going to swap spots with you because this is my prison. I'm the wizard Moiti. And long, this is a whole nother tale, you know, but he goes, long ago, you know, I think he links it back to his mom. He says, you know, my parents, I didn't do my chores. 
So he hams it up for the parents and starts to like soften them up. You know, your kid, you know, like for a tip later, you know, well, do you get paid for your chores? So a lot of banter, really, really well done. Also, he was doing like he had other props. Uh, but he says, oh, no, no, you won't. He goes, what are you like? Uh, he goes, I'm trapped within this bubble. Uh, and, and then, uh, uh, like he says, he, like he says, well, I'm not saying I got to get this ice back to me mother and, and I'm not going to stay here with you. So then he says, there's a chase and he said, I couldn't believe there's other rooms within this bubble, but then there's a red, red cave room. And then I get into this room as Wark's room or something. He said, I'm in here in Wark's room and he's trying to hide from the wizard and he had his cheek up against like the the wall of the I guess the bubble, uh, and he said, "Jesus, I'm just trying." He goes, "I'm," sh-. and then he was like, "I wonder if I can melt this bubble and get out of here." And then he said, "I felt the bubble speak back to me," and said, "You can. Your warmth, uh, like think of your mother and your warm feelings." And then he had a like. Then he used that to make the audience laugh. But he said, I need some ice for my mother. And then the, the bubble kind of, this is, this is the short version. But, you know, the bubble said, well, I'll need your help uh, uh, to keep Moity with, within the, 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 in here. And uh, so that no one uh, else stumbles upon his prison again, you know, that, like this. And then they, he said, that's when I met Miss Marmalade. Then he does a thing like Miss Marmalade, and this is very elaborate, not good for a sleep podcast, very visual. Uh, but basically, up at, like he still had the pretend mountain climbing thing. Then up at the top, you see the shiny like uh, flash of a like a like a ball, a crystal glass ball, with something glowing in the side. Inside, you don't know if it's the reflections. And I guess technically it's called a Fushigi ball. I didn't know this because I thought it was like, you know, I like thought it was his creation, magical creation. Uh, But then it rolls down the the handkerchiefs into his hand. And he says, well, perfect timing, Miss Marmalade. I wish I would have paid attention with the name because it doesn't doesn't seem to fit. But at the same time, it does because the kids and then he's talking and he's doing these like, uh, like a like, I think these Fushigi things. I did watch a YouTube video, and they're like those balls that seem to levitate. Now this one, it seemingly levitated. It didn't seem to levitate. Uh, it was like uh, I I don't know. Like uh, like it was. This was high. If it was Fushigi art, this was the the, the pinnacle of Fushigi art. And so then he's doing things, and then they're kind of he's re like uh, closing out the adventure of how they he escaped and she shrunk down, and it, like uh, like he like he was supposed to rescue her, then he brought back like he didn't have the ice, so my so then he said I started, you know I made a deal with uh, Miss Marple, I Miss her name's not Miss Marmalade, but uh, like in order to keep. Uh, uh, the, the moiety in the prison, uh, like, uh, and he says, play Catherine's prelude. Like he goes, uh, he goes, we still weren't sure because the, the, the globe was shaking, you know, and I got it back to my house and, and I, so I think I got ahead of myself. Like, uh, 
And then the mother was trying to do like, what is this? Maybe we'll sell this for ice. And they said, no, 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 no. And he said when he was struggling with his mother, he realized that it was uh, sapping the wizard of the wizard's power. And so then he said, well, then I got away from, you know, my mother because, uh, like, I earned my freedom from her uh, as her, you know, ice, because because I bolted. And he goes, so now I have to do these tricks with the, the, the ball, like, uh, like to keep the wizard so the wizard goes to sleep. It's kind of like, and then, and then he goes, did your parents ever rock you to go to sleep? And all the kids are like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember being rocked by my parents. And, uh, yeah, he goes, yeah, they just, you know, they sing you a song like the, the again lullaby. And the kids are like, again, lullaby. And he goes, well, that's a lullaby I sing to Moiety. Uh, but he goes, it's actually more of a, he goes, he goes, because of the prison and, and then he, but then he also does stuff because the kids don't buy it, of course. So a lot of the tricks, and I don't know if I guess the sleep podcast isn't the best place to promote, uh, the greatest, uh, Fushigi performer ever, you know, but then he pretends, I think that like, maybe like, I'm trying to think if I should tell you about the climax of the show. Yeah, because I think he says, because I think I missed a part where he, so he goes and gets it. Then at some point he realizes he gets out and then he makes a deal to like with uh, the magical orb, Miss Marmalade, uh, to shrink down, uh, to have him hold it and guard it. I think he becomes the guardian of Marmalade. That was one the kids laughed about. Uh, I think, at least in the places where people know Mar, maybe he calls it the Miss Jam, and other places or Miss uh, Jelly. And then he talks about then the thing with his mom. I covered that. I missed something in there about. Uh, I think at one point, maybe that, maybe, maybe I'm like, like I think that then the wizard one night comes to him. Uh, oh, because I think like uh, he, he gets homesick. I think that's the other thing with the kids. He uses that one, the heartstrings, and also uses it to get the tips. Because he says, "Oh, like uh, you know, I moved away, and I learned to do these tricks to kind of ride." Maybe he did. Yeah, he says, "That's it." Because then he says, uh, "Yeah, all my tricks are lullabies to put the wizard to sleep." And so then he does some tricks. Maybe they're slow motion. Maybe that's to Catherine's theme. I think also Martha had never queued up the music for this performance before. So it's not, you know, wasn't perfect. Uh, but then he says one, like, I think that the climax, oh boy, I knew, I remembered the climax. Oh, that's what it is. Uh, he, he becomes homesick. So that's the, cause then the wizard, uh, when night comes to him. Like oh, singing all the lullabies and everything, he starts to miss his mother. And I think because he's maybe he's in Iceland, because that would be you could probably make that funny for kids, and that would make sense. And so then uh, one night the wizard comes to him in his dream, and he's a very nice wizard now, gotten so much good sleep from being rocked and lullabied. And, I mean, you think about a, pl- a good place to sleep, like an orb, like cli- I think climate controlled by magic, you know, is a good place to sleep. It, like, uh, 
with some padding and, and stuff like that, like clouds. But so, let's see, where was he? So the wizard uh, comes to him in his dream. And he says, I see a fissure in you. You miss your mother. And then he shows, like, this is very, this is a little bit, like, par for the course. Like, he shows him the movie, like, about his mom within the globe. And she's missing her son. And then a fissure opens up in the thing. He says, like, it's very emotionally resonant. And then he's, like, even sitting and somehow, I guess, like, I don't know the technology. But at some point, he's sitting in the audience, and this is projected like a, like the, 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 you're seeing this. The audience is seeing this. So this is like some V, like it's not even VR level. It's our reality, actual AR, actual reality Fushigi. Like somehow, I mean, presumably he's projecting an image within the the Fushigi ball. And, you know, like pretty, I guess the fidelity was pretty good. Cause so then he, the, the busker is sitting there watching it with the family, like of his mom. And, and then he, then he does more of the show. Oh, maybe I should go back. Then it gets into more Miami thing where he's like, like showing his emotional pull and pull, like with the ball, little interpretive dancey. I mean, I don't want to, like, like I said, geez, like, uh. I mean, if I was telling this story, we would have had like one less plot point, no, or and no, I guess two more plot points or plot points. Uh, but he has this whole thing with the ball and the back and the forth, uh, and deciding and uh, like uh, like should I go into the ball? Then he gets interactive with the kids and the parents. And then, you know, the wisdom of children, like he finds a kid with a mom and he says, well, would you go with like, and then the kid says, well, no, no, there's a, you have to keep the wizard in there. You could just go home and visit your mom, not by magical rift, just go home. And he says, oh, thank you. Thank you. Then he, this is a little cheap too. He like, he says, well, the train tickets are so expensive. And he says, well, who would want to help? Like, and I said, man, I don't know if like, this is ethical. Uh, he says, well, like, and of course he get like, he rolls it in. Like people are like, well, because whoever would want to help me go visit my mom, uh, you know, do, do you, do you throw in a few dollars, you know, I, like, uh, and even like Mr. Ang, but I mean, it's rough out there being a busker. So who am I to judge? Uh, but don't worry, because then he get once he gets everybody's money, he t- he does this like he does a climax where he says, "Then I realized that there was still a fissure within the thing." And like, cause then Miss Marple, Miss Mar, whatever they call Miss Marmalade, called him. And so then he does a whole nother show, like a climax, like uh, where there's, he's battling the wizard and you're trying to get the wizard back to sleep. And, and then like using the thing, like he said, well, do you, have you ever do, who has a older brother, older sister? And then, you know, then he, cause then he becomes out with this, uh, like a very, um, like soft martial arts uh, solution you know, non-conflict oriented. He said, Jesus, arguing with your siblings ever work? 
So really, the parents are getting, the, you know, the, the money is getting money, the, you know. And then another thing, like with fireworks inside the Fushigi ball. And then finally, like, like then this heartbeat within the Fushigi ball that's raising him up off the ground. And then he really does, he climbs up that rope that he, like, whatever mechanism he had. Must be really strong because he pretends the Fushigi ball He's pulling him upwards up the Alp, the rope they had going up the Alps and like levitating him, which totally mesmerizes him. Then there's fireworks. Then he must pull like a little, another Fushigi ball, a miniature one that's uh, like has an ice projection. And then he plugs it out and uh, like brings it back down. And, like, drops it in a drink uh, and then, like, sits down exhausted. And then the show, like, like the show's over. But he does sell, like, a cheap, uh, pretty much like like one of those light-up ice cubes uh, to the kids, too, if they want that. And, of course, like, after the show, like... uh, I mean, you know, it's not perfect. Like, it could use refinement, but Martha and Mr. England Barry are like, holy cow. Uh, by the way, we're not the most ethical. We don't have a, we don't have a circus yet, and we, we don't, we're not, we're heading towards Bucharest in search of performers. And they said, Would, like, they didn't even know what Fushigi was, much like me. And I don't know if that's a brand name, so I don't even know. I mean, that's just like the dot, like, uh, but I guess I don't know what you'd call it, like a glass, like, like, uh, what is it called? What do they call them? Crystal ball. But, but the Fushigi is more of the levitation part and bringing it to life. Uh, so they say, geez, well, the, the like, uh, so that was how the first, uh, uh, plutonic performer of, uh, weird that the, like, uh, the ventriloquist dummy wasn't there, but, uh, yeah. And that's how, uh, I don't even, I never cat caught the dude's name. I would say Phil Fushigi, but maybe that's, his, I couldn't read you know, me, but yeah, that's a little bit about, uh, the first plutonic performer hired by the purple people circus. Uh, good night.